You're listening to Radio Ed, a University of Denver podcast. We're your hosts, Lauren Fultenberg, Alyssa Hurst, and I'm Nicole Militello. We've now entered a new chapter in space exploration, Billionaires in Space, where some of the world's wealthiest men are launching themselves in their private rockets to new heights. Amazon founder Jeff Bezos just took an 11-minute joyride to space on a rocket from his private company, Blue Origin. The company has lofty goals to one day offer an option to leave this Earth and have habitable space stations where people can live and work. But a trip to escape the confines of gravity comes with a hefty price tag. One winning bidder paid $28 million for their ticket to space, and Bezos says the company is nearing $100 million in sales for seats on future flights. So what are the ethics of private space travel for billionaires? Bezos has received significant blowback after his trip for not using his vast wealth on the multitude of problems facing Earth, along with the jarring criticism of the reported grueling conditions for Amazon workers while he turns his attention to the stars. Joining us to discuss it all is Michael Nalick. He's an assistant professor of management at the University of Denver who focuses on corporate misconduct and CEO activism. So let's start with the optics of billionaires in space. Why do you think this strikes a chord with so many people? Well, I think it strikes a chord because of what space is. You know, space, the history of of NASA and the space program, and it's, you know, really seen as institutional um, civilization accomplishments, right? It's the United States, it's mankind, it's those sort of accomplishments to go to space. And given that, and the fact that you know, we like to, at least again, with the history of the space program, it's the best, it's the brightest that have made it um, to that caliber. It's, you know, it's the pilots, it's the engineers. And then we've had, you know, NASA certainly diversified to teachers and to, you know, other types of civilians that have gone to space. That now you have these people that are circumventing all of that and buying their way into an area that has really in the past been reserved for just governments and the enhancing of science and civilization and society in general. And so the fact that's occurring, I think that's why it irks so many people. It's kind of what space has represented in the past. Right. So a lot of people have criticized Bezos and Branson for just not reading the room. We have COVID cases rising, wildfires are burning. One Atlantic writer wrote, quote, the world is drowning and scorching and two of the wealthiest men decided to race in their private rocket ships to see who can get to space a few days before the other. What should go into making a decision like this for a business leader? And is there ever really a right time to do it? You know, if it's something that's going to be perceived negatively, like I said, due to the aforementioned reasons before, there's probably not a right time, right? (laughs) I mean, it's always going to be perceived negatively due to the institutional environment. Um, With that said, of course, doing it during a pandemic um, (laughs) at a time when there is a lot of world strife and all, you know, you named other um, things that are going on, obviously it's not good optics as well. Um, And so, that that does play with it and that does factor into business decisions however you know they have consciously made the decision that this likely will not affect their reputation or their business's reputation and you know they probably do have a good point this is something where it's people will perceive it negatively but as far as their companies go you know i i doubt that many people will stop shopping at amazon or stop flying Virgin Atlantic or one of his other enterprises. 
And so I, I seriously doubt there's a whole lot of blowback onto their organizations, uh, but there, you know, there is some negative publicity associated with it, especially given the time. Yeah. And another major criticism is just how frivolous space travel seems when that money could be going towards fighting some of the major challenges we're experiencing on Earth. So I'm curious to hear um, what your thoughts are on when you have that much money, what is your ethical responsibility as a business leader? Well, and I think this has really magnified Jeff Bezos, especially because Jeff Bezos, you know, not only is he one, if not the richest man in the world, it kind of depends or person in the world kind of depends on the timing of that report. But he's also been criticized in the past for not being as charitable as others comparatively. If you look at Bill Gates and Warren Buffett, um, that he is not as charitable. And then you even have kind of the side-by-side comparison with his wife, his ex-wife, mm-hmm. where his ex-wife has given away a lot of her money, if not most of her money. And she has, and sorry, and he has really not risen to that occasion. Um, and then now he's spending a lot of his money on, uh, or at least a lot of money, which he attributed to, you know, Amazon and his customers <laughs> um, to fly to space. And so I do think it does represent something that is very, at this, at this point in time, can be seen as very frivolous. And the whole venture, um, as far as I know, is catered towards the wealthy rather than any sort of, again, benefit to humanity, like we have seen um, the space paradigm in the past. Yeah. And I want to get into some of that criticism of Bezos related to Amazon, but I want to hit on something that you just said about how this is kind of catered to the wealthy. So the glaring divide with this is that blue origins hope for life in space is really a ticket away from earth's problems, but it's only an option for the ultra rich. So what does that mean for the growing wealth gap? Yeah, I mean, we've kind of seen it in the movies, right? There's been several movies. I think Elysium was one of them where they had this, you know, planet full of these gigantic mansions and everything. And Earth was just rotting and decaying and falling apart and people trying to go to this other civilization with the most advanced tech and science and space. And so it it really paints a kind of a dire picture, right? That that's, that's the goal of this company. The goal of this company is to leave the home planet to establish civilizations for the wealthy while not addressing the needs of everyone else. Um, while that, I think that is the ultimate goal, obviously the most immediate goal was just to take wealthy people into space to give them a, a thrill ride. Um, I do think that that has a bad connotation to it. It does leave a bad taste in people's mouths. Mm. Of course, you know, it's a business. <laughs> And if there is a business need and a market for it, you know, we do have rights in this country that allow individuals and entities and organizations to pursue whatever businesses they want, as long as it's within certain regulations and confines. And of course, if it's a market void, so you're filling some more sort of market void, even if it, the optics don't look good. Mm-hmm. And we've seen people are willing to pay for it. Yeah, you know, I just read an article today was Ashton Kutcher had a had a ticket on it and it, at the urging of his wife after um, his, his daughter was born, you know, sold the ticket. And so there's obviously, you know, a demand for it because it's a thrill sport, right? But, you know, we like to think of billionaires and billionaires, and especially if you talk about Richard Branson, Richard Branson has this persona 
attached to him that he's a thrill seeker. He goes bungee jumping and does all these, you know, they uses his wealth um, and in sort of kind of exotic means in a lot of ways. And this is just that next frontier for the billionaires. You know, it's not safaris anymore. It's not mega yachts. It's not these huge mansions or islands or, you know, now space is the latest trend. So I want to talk a little bit about the criticism related to Amazon. So was this a good business move for somebody that has been so publicly criticized for not doing enough when it comes to his other ventures like Amazon? I don't think he cares that much, <laughs> to be honest. He is honestly trying to detach himself from Amazon. That's why he stepped down as CEO. While he's still chairman, he still very much runs the company. I think that this is all part of that move is he's trying to move away from, I'm the guy that created Amazon to doing other things. And this is part of the other things he wants to focus on. He has said that in the past. So I don't think he cares all that much whether um, this was a good business decision or not. I think he feels that Amazon is somewhat insulated um, due to its position in the market. Mm -hmm. um, from having a whole lot of reputational blowback from his decisions at this point. And at the same time, he is personally trying to distance himself from Amazon and detach while by doing other things. Yeah, I was going to ask you if um, he's done anything to recover from that criticism or if he even feels like he needs to do anything, but sounds like you would say that he, he would say that he doesn't have to. I would say he would hire, you know, public relations people and maybe mm -hmm. do some media stuff. Mm -hmm. But besides more symbolic things, strategically, I'd feel like he doesn't, he doesn't at least believe that he needs to do something strategically. Yeah. And he got a lot of criticism because after his trip, he thanked every Amazon employee and every Amazon customer because, quote, you guys paid for all this. What was your reaction when you heard that? Um, yeah, that was not his finest moments, of course. <laughs> I think that it, I think that um, statement does rub a lot of people the wrong way, as you've said, for the various reasons we have mentioned. Um, so I was kind of taken aback. I, you know, he was in the moment. I think he was jubilant and, you know, he was just more free willing and not as handled as he normally is in his public statements. And, you know, oops. It came out. <laughs> mm -hmm. And now it's not wrong, of course. You know, it was his customers, it was his shareholders, it was, you know, his employees that all helped him get to that point. So he is not wrong. It's just not something you want to publicly say. Right. Um, do you see any upsides of this move from a business standpoint? No. <laughs> I mean, the only upsides could be if they use, if they lever the technology. And you never know, you know, who knows in 50, 75, 100 years. But if they lever the technology from this endeavor, from Blue Origins to the main, to the primary business of Amazon, or that would be the only long-term upside I would see. Of course, short-term, I don't see much upside. Long-term, of course, there could be some technological breakthroughs that help the primary business. 
Mm-hmm. One of the counter arguments that I've seen is that this should actually be viewed as a major leap forward for space travel um, in that companies like Elon Musk's SpaceX is essentially an essential contribution to our existing publicly sanctioned space program. And that's from an op-ed in Politico. Um, so like, what are your thoughts on that kind of it being seen as a, like a public service for our space exploration? You know, it's this kind of the same thing I said before. Well, SpaceX is a different thing. Um, I don't think you can compare this to SpaceX because SpaceX is, has contracts with the government. Right. Um, and wants to develop government vehicles to space. This is not the same thing. Um, at the same time, though, it's not, you know, these, these breakthroughs that these companies are developing again, could be used in the future with more public means. You know, what if there is a station that's developed in the moon, on the moon? And instead of taking, again, the big rockets, they wanna take these small sort of more personal spaceships up there. So that could, in the, in the future, it could serve some public benefit. So I don't wanna say they're wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just in the immediate term, it does not. Yeah. But in, this, in, the, in the medium or long term, it certainly could. And you do see that in, in other companies and other programs where the initial product is not the end product. The initial product of Amazon was certainly was not what Amazon is today. And you can say that with 95% of the public companies out there. So it could change at one point and is likely to change at one point where you could see a breakthrough public benefit that does cross into other areas. Mm-hmm. And Bezos has talked a lot about how space has just been such like a personal interest to him for a long time. And we were just curious how, when you're a business leader and you're also a celebrity, how do you manage the balance of focusing on, you know, building your brand and your interests versus what you need to do as a business leader? Well, research has shown there's, it's, it's intertwined, to be honest, that being a celebrity or having personal feelings about something or thoughts or ideologies does transcend into the ap- outcomes and actions of the business, whether that's right or wrong. But you know that's kind of what you get into when you know you're hiring someone. And that's why you, that's why you put checks and balances by the board of directors or the other stakeholders that are involved in the company or the shareholders. And so that's what they're supposed to to serve is those checks and balances, but it's inseparable. The persona of the individual, whether it is a CEO celebrity um, to the outcomes of the company, you do see that intertwined. And so right now we're seeing three of the most prominent billionaires kind of in this race for space. And another high level concern is that with billionaires entering this area, now we have the wealthiest individuals getting to set the agenda and make decisions about how we're navigating space exploration. So what values does a business leader like Bezos need to keep in mind when managing such an enormous responsibility? Well, I mean, Bezos can't get there without the government. I mean, that's just a fact Mm -hmm. at this point. And so he always has to be mindful of what's going on within the government, what regulations are in place, what regulations are going to be in place. If this is an area in which there's a regulation gap, I can certainly guarantee you that US Congress will take this up at some point. Now, it might not be next year, it might not be five years, but at some point it will be taken up. 
And so he needs just to be cognizant of what are the opportunities that this involves and what's the regulatory threats to him as well as a business leader. And he has to be proactive in responding to this. Is there anything that we haven't talked about on this topic that you think is just interesting or people might like learning about? Well, I, I think though, looking at the, the two individuals involved, um, Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson, and comparing them, I also feel comparing their explorations is like apples and oranges. Because Richard Branson, as I've mentioned before, has this persona of a thrill seeker. He has done this in the past. He's done a lot of test flights. He does racing. He does these sort of things. So this is kind of the next you know, area, thrill seeking for him. But if you look at Jeff Bezos, he doesn't have that track record. And so I actually think that Jeff Bezos, again, because of his persona and his background, has uh, deviated more in his exploration than Richard Branson. And as such, I actually think he's getting more negative press in, as an individual than Richard Branson is. To read more of Michael Nalick's work, visit our show notes at du.edu slash radioed. Alyssa Hurst is our executive producer, Tamara Chapman is our managing editor, and James Swearingen arranged our theme. I'm Nicole Militello, and this is Radio Ed.